0: You're listening to the Live Well Radio Podcast Show. A wealth of information for a life of inspiration. And here's your host, Brett Coleman. Today is Wellness Wednesday, and I thought we'd explore an area of wellness that's becoming increasingly popular these days. And that's pet wellness. And to help us learn more about this area of pet care, I've invited Veterinarian of Medicine, Dr. Cheryl Roll, on the show today to help us learn more about the area of alternative medicine for our pets. Dr. Roll, welcome to the show. Thank you. How are you? to be
1: here. I'm great.
0: Good. So let's get right into this. I know a lot of people are going to have the question that I had when I first heard of pet wellness. Let's just ask, what is pet wellness?
1: Well, pet wellness is everything um, from helping your pet get well when they're sick to keeping them well and living a happy life.
0: Cool. Let me ask you something else. Uh, when you first started mm-hmm. uh, in, this, in, in the field of veterinary medicine, which was how many years ago? How long have you been in the, the field?
1: Um, I graduated in 1994.
0: Okay, and back in 94, I'm going to stick my neck a little bit and say that there probably wasn't the popularity of pet wellness as there is today. Is that a fair statement?
1: Yes, I think so. I think so. I mean, we learned about it in school, and that is always our goal, is um, not only getting a pet healthy, but what do we got to do to keep them healthy? I mean, we, we... Vaccinate, and um, we feed them a healthy diet. But we've learned a lot. Learned a lot over the years. Over the years,
0: and Mm -hmm. so did when you first started out, came out of school. What was your first job?
1: Well, I um, actually went um, past veterinary school and did an intern, a year internship, and studied large animal medicine. And um, then I did um a 3 year residency program at UC Davis where I studied in internal medicine and I was actually studying um large animal at that time horses um which I practiced for the first um 10 years of my career
0: equine and, they call it equine
1: yeah equine yep equine, mm-hmm. horses equine. Thank you. Mm-hmm. horses yep and and did some of the smaller farm animals that are usually on the ranch with the horses. Um, But in my study of internal medicine, it was more about intensive care. And um, I really enjoyed working with um, the neonates, the babies, and trying to, you know, we learned a lot from um, human medicine. And And, you know, how we can save babies, the pre prenatal care and even gestational care. So we kind of that was my study and sort of intensive care and how body systems work. And kind of as my career has gone through, I had a family and it was difficult to still work outside and be on call all the time. So I started focusing more on internal medicine for um, the cats and dogs in the, in the practice that my husband had started. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So then was, is it fair to say that then once you got working with the cats and dogs, were you already at that point where you were getting into the pet wellness or, or was it still traditional medicine?
1: Well, I think that that we've always focused on wellness and, and it, it's, it, it's always been important to us to keep the pets healthy mm-hmm. and, in in our studies and I think that it's just we're finally more aware of it as pet owners that preventative medicine is is really the best thing and and how do I keep my pet from getting heartworm I have a preventative now um, whereas maybe 30 years ago we didn't have that and I think that pet owners as the pets become more family and less ranch dogs um, we look at them as more of a family member and so the preventative medicine becomes that much more important to us because we want them to live till they're 15 20 years old Um, whereas before a dog in their senior years didn't really have as much function on the ranch because they couldn't keep up with the sheep or the goats Mm -hmm. so
0: i see yeah, so I, I see. I'm getting a clearer picture because my first impression mm-hmm. was of pet wellness was my my wife is a, a big fan of alternative medicines. In other words, our house mm-hmm. is full of mm-hmm. herbs and tinctures and and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. rather than relying on strictly traditional medicine, she likes to take the alternative approach and maybe do like I said the healthy essential oils or the the chiropractor approach. Mm-hmm and i'm i'm wondering if that's the same kind of realm uh, we're talking about as far as pet wellness or is it more of a preventative measure than and than an than than after the fact
1: it is all of the above um i do have a naturopath that works with us on tuesdays in this practice and um she there's so much to know mm-hmm. and so much to study and she does study how to heal a patient through nutrition and some of the herbs so um, she's less likely to use a medication than I would but again there's still I still preach nutrition and what you put in has to be healthy <laughs> in order to get it get a healthy out
0: for sure I hundred percent agree with that does yeah does yeah. so you're saying that pet wellness pretty much applies to and pertains to all animals across the board you happen to specialize in in how uh, pets as opposed to being outside with horses and and and, and, and uh, farm animals anymore but it does it just still does pertain to all sorts of all, all animals
1: well sure and um there's probably just as many horse owners that prefer an alternative approach than just giving a medication too and um i i have some other breeders of of goats and llamas that also prefer to stick with a more natural approach through nutrition.
0: And are the fees similar to conventional medicine as far as the natural approach goes? Is it pretty much comparable? I
1: would would say yes. There's perhaps a little bit more diagnostic testing involved than there is in the traditional approach because there's more. You change this a little bit, you got to retest to make sure that we're doing what we want to do. And then we change something more. So it's more of a stepwise, slower process than the All-American Quick Fix.
0: Mm -hmm. And diseases like parvovirus, distemper, uh, heartworm, are they treated differently in your practice compared to if somebody just went to the local veterinarian that's not so much into uh, pet wellness?
1: I would say not differently Mm -hmm. because infectious diseases, um, there's really only one good way to treat them. And that is with the specific treatment. But as far as chronic disease and maybe even some cancers are all um, addressed differently. So the dog with inflammatory bowel disease, the dog with Cushing's disease, some of those chronic insidious diseases, we can, and even diabetes, because the pets are at risk. Pets are um, as obese in America as people are. And... There's a lot of things that you can change in the diet and avoid becoming a diabetic or even changing the diet and not needing insulin. So there's it's many things like infectious diseases we treat the same, but in long-term chronic disease we take a very different approach.
0: So I know you, you mentioned diabetes. You mentioned obesity. Are they linked with pets? Do you see a commonality there? If the pet's obese, it has oh, a higher yeah. chance of getting... Yeah. De- yeah. Yes. So why do you think yes. that's becoming an epidemic like it is for humans? Is the same lack of awareness? What are you finding the cause to be? Because we can, if we can identify the cause, then we we can work on that to prevent the result. Yeah,
1: but I think it's multifactorial. I think that it has to do with um, diets and budgets and choices that people make. It's just... You know, there's some pet foods that would be equivalent to eating um, McDonald's every day, whereas there's other pet foods that are much more natural and healthy.
0: I was going to ask you your favorite pet food brands.
1: I don't really know them. <laughs> Most of the pet foods that you can get at the grocery store are not as healthy as some of the diets that are perhaps carried at Pet Planet or some of the veterinary prescription diets like the Hills Diets and Royal Canaan. Those are all very highly monitored diets and formulated and tested in different ways.
0: The Roadkill article I came across was about animals being picked up on the side of the road and turned into dog and cat food. The collars, the leashes, everything, the the flea collar, just all grounded up into being marketed as pet food. Have you heard about that? I have not. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did a quick Google search and someone had uh, brought that to my attention. I did a search online and sure enough, that's, it's happening. So that's why I thought I'd bring it to your, you know, bring it to your attention or maybe ask you about it. Do you think stress has a negative impact on animals like it does humans?
1: Yes. Yes, for sure. We, and, um, different pets, all, they all have different personalities, right? And so some pets may be more anxious than others and, um, many times we find that when their owners are very stressed, the pets tend to be very stressed.
0: (laughs) I've recognized that. Yeah. I've seen that in my mm own, my own, my own family. (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's true.
0: Sad, but true.
1: (laughs) And there's, there's sort of the, um, newer thing right now is the emotional support animal. How many people need those? And there's, there's a lot of, there's going to be more science that comes out about that, 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 as confirming to the fact that people really need pets they say, to help with their anxieties.
0: Yeah, they mm-hmm. say, you know, uh, man's best friend is the dog. And because, for, I'm sure for many reasons, but like you just said, they do add a sort of comfort to the owner, don't they? To the person who owns the dog.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, there's there's been medical studies where they look at how it lowers blood pressure and heart rate, especially with people in the hospital and they like to have that pet next to them that they can pet while they're recovering.
0: How would somebody go about getting a, a dog like that online? Is there is there just companies out there that specialize in providing pets like this?
1: Um, I think there's a number of groups. Um, there's some that um, they're trained really for um, their service animals, so they are trained to do particular tasks and um an emotional support animal is 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 really chosen by the the owner the person it it doesn't need to do any particular tasks
0: yeah they have the vest i mean they have to get like they have to get certified i guess cuz you see them in the stores a lot people are walking their dogs with a vest a mm-hmm. uh, s- service animal you even see signs at these mm-hmm. bigger stores saying service animals are permitted uh, you see, them on, you know airplanes and grocery stores and so on and so forth. I get, I see, I'm seeing it more often. Mm-hmm. So obviously, there's research yeah. that to, to, to back it. Well, there's
1: it. a big difference. Yeah, there's a big difference between a service animal and a, an emotional support animal. Oh, and even how the law recognizes them. Really? Yeah, there's a big difference. Yeah, a service animal is trained specifically to do tasks for the person. They drop their keys, they pick them up. They, it's like a guide dog for the blind.
0: Oh. So
1: or um someone that has seizures they a dog can tell when before they're going to have yeah, a seizure so that, I that's I knew so that they they have a specific task yeah mm-hmm. other than calming their nerves <laughs> yeah. like in a support, emotional support animal so
0: let's talk about some approaches you know you're you're big into preventative so let's talk about go back to the diabetes thing you said uh mm-hmm. w- weight is a big part of it uh so mm-hmm. the dogs all dogs need exercise in the same way a person does or explain that to us sure
1: yeah they um you know dogs are different breeds of dogs they all were bred for particular jobs way back when right Mm -hmm. like the husky is you know a very um endurance bred animal same as like most um bigger hunting dogs like the um the labs and the golden retrievers and the german short hairs those are um they're endurance dogs and those probably the labs and the golden retrievers are the really common you know they used to be the number 1 family pet and they are just predisposed to obesity and because they don't go out and run they may go for a 3 mile walk with their owner but they're just walking with their owner not running um so they're they're body physiology is really for endurance. So you need to get out and run and swim and chase the ball. So exercise is part of it and diet is part of it too. So, you know, just like America, we like to carb load. And if you're not an endurance runner, then you probably don't need to carb load. And many of the pet foods like we talked about are full of carbs and grains just because that's what's the commodities are. It's less expensive to put in the dog food. Mm-hmm. Um, they call those and, fillers. Yeah, f- yeah, you could call them fillers. You know, dogs are omnivores, so they eat meat and veggies and some grains. So, mm-hmm. so to prevent diabetes, you need exercise and and a good diet
0: and and less people food. I notice we were kids. I had, we we grew up with dogs, and in our house, the dog. Got to the point where the dog would not eat his dog food unless there is the chopped up chicken in the you know people food in the dog food. Otherwise, he turned his nose up at it.
1: Mm-hmm. And the dog
0: got in the habit of doing that, and then doing it over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I've heard of people giving their dogs hot dogs and feed them half and half coffee cream, and the dog dies of a heart attack. And there's no wonder why. Uh, what's your take mm-hmm. on dogs eating people food? Is there is there a certain amount that's okay, or do you, are you restricting? Or, or none oh, at all. Uh,
1: well, I think they need to eat healthy people food. I mean if you had you know big portion of your diet was creamer and hot dogs then you wouldn't be so healthy <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so um, there's um, many of the diets that my naturopath Dr. Williamson recommends are cooked diets and we have some diabetics that or just get a cooked diet. Dogs with allergies, they they get just a specific diet because we'll run allergy tests on them and see what types of foods they're allergic to. And it's just difficult to find a diet that has just these particular ingredients in it. So I'm all on board with people food. It's just got to be healthy people food, the right kind of people food.
0: Mm -hmm. That's nice that you offer that service though, the service of providing people that test to give them a better idea what kind of dog or or cat they have on their hand, and then build their their meal plan accordingly.
1: Right. And actually, um, Royal Canaan is the line of diets that we carry here in the hospital. And that's one thing that they have done. Is they have breed specific diets, and that's all over the counter. We carry their prescription diets, but at say Petco and PetSmart, you can get a breed specific diet. So if you have a a toy Schnauzer, they have a toy Schnauzer diet, oh my gosh. and it's a diet that's it's a diet that's formulated toy toy to schnauzer. prevent diseases that that type of dog typically gets.
0: That's pretty cool. I had no idea. I had no it clue. Is. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. we've
0: been talking a lot about dogs. How about the kitties? What's going on with them? A cat. Yeah.
1: Well, we don't don't really. The majority of the cats that we see are domestic short hair, domestic long hair. They're a domestic cat. We don't see as many um, breed specific cats as we used to, and they cats are cats. <laughs> <laughs> and they have their own subset of of diseases, but they also get diabetes. And again, that comes from the house cat that is just fed a bowl full of food every day and doesn't have a whole lot to do. They don't have to go out and hunt for their food. One thing that I like to recommend for cats is um, feeding through food puzzles. And I have a number of food puzzles here in the hospital that I can show as, as examples. We have two clinic kitties that they live here and they eat through their food puzzles. So it's just um, it's a way of foraging. So we put their their dry kibble in these toys, and they have to work to be fed. They have to play oh. and figure out how to get the food out of the hole or um, through this maze before they can eat it. So it's it's a way of mimicking natural behavior of, of foraging and hunting for food.
0: That's clever. I might try that on my 4-year-old. Boy, son. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> <'Cause, 'cause
0: laughs> He could be a picky little thinkin'. bugger. Yeah, I like that. Thank you for that tip of the day. I'm, you don't you think I'm kidding. My wife might think I'm nuts, but I'm going to try it. That's awesome. So are you yeah. finding out? Are yeah, you, no, just, go on,
1: uh, huh? just go on Amazon and type in food puzzle <laughs> yeah, you, and see what comes up. I'm writing it down now.
0: <laughs> you think I'm kidding. That's great. Yeah, are you seeing that the numbers are the same? Do you think there's a, a, a same amount? Because cats don't aren't as active by nature as dogs. So are, 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 is diabetes more prevalent in a cat because it's not as active?
1: Our cats are pretty active. <laughs> oh they are. So yeah. I, I think that I think they can be as, as active as dogs throughout the day. I have a client that has a a giant wheel. It's like, you know, the hamster runs on a wheel. I do, yeah. She has a giant wheel in her house for her cats. She has Bengal cats, so they're very active. Yeah, they are. They run on this wheel.
0: They're beautiful creatures yeah. too. That's a neat idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So at yeah. home, your personal pet, what is your personal pet? Do you have one?
1: Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. But of, of course. course I have a lab. <laughs> yeah. I have a lab and I have a rescued golden retriever who's very old. And I have a Jack Russell who's very old. And I have a cat. I have a parrot. I have two horses. My goodness. I have a tortoise. We have a zoo. <laughs> I was gonna say it sounds like the small petting suko. zoo. Yeah. Mhm.
0: That's pretty yes. cool. So we've all, you know we, we we far let you go. I have to talk about the second part of the show, and that is purpose and passion. You know the, the the slogan of our show is a wealth of information for a life of inspiration. So would you call? Let me back up a second. Would what is your definition of purpose?
1: Kind of what we live for every day. Mhm. We all like to have a purpose in life.
0: Do you think that your career is fulfilling a big part of that purpose?
1: Yes. Yes. I mean, my my purpose in life is to bring glory to God, and mm-hmm. I believe that He has um, enabled me and given me the talents and the skills that I need to help people with their pets. I love pets, and that is a passion. Is obviously animals. I have lots of them and lots of different kinds, and that is my purpose. Is bringing glory to God through the the with the skill sets that He's given me.
0: Perfect. Amen to that. So you feel when your work, your work is fulfilled by helping pets and people at the same time. Uh, and now let's talk mm-hmm. about something else because there's, there's thousands of people listening to this podcast and there might be the 18-year-old graduate from high school this year that's thinking about getting into the same field you're in.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What are the three most rewarding things about what you do that you would say to that person thinking about getting into this field? Uh, that makes you grateful when your head hits a pillow at night you you thank god that this is my this is your career for what top 3 reasons
1: mm-hmm. mm. Well first i want to say that um a lot of people think that they want to become a veterinarian because they like pets not people and i will say that you have to love both you have to love people and pets and um because they come together and i think that the fulfillment of this career is being able to make pets feel good, and um, having people that are that you can help educate them to help them take care of their pet better and live a healthy, long life. And that person is always so appreciative of what you, the wisdom that you give them on how to take care of their pet. Beautiful. I've never had someone that was ungrateful for teaching them how to take care of their pet. <laughs> no,
0: no, no. And you hear stories. That's what we go to school that, for. That's, that's we what we learn. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what you, this mission you fulfill. Mm-hmm. And you've heard, I've heard uh, just the other day, my cousin called me from uh, Gilbert, Arizona and said they're cat fluffy. I had to go in for a major overhaul and uh, the cat almost didn't make it. But the, thank God for the the veterinarian and the services they provide, the cat came out of it, and they have like four or five cats, mm-hmm. and they they're they're cat lovers, and that, at a certain point, I guess for them, it's like one of their kids. You know, you've all heard the saying, the pet is like a kid. So yeah. what you do is very, mm-hmm. very helpful and very rewarding, and I like the fact that you 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 also help. There's ways to prevent. Uh your pets from getting arthritis or use you can use the acupuncture to help alleviate some of the pain that comes and slow the progression of arthritis is that is that fair mm-hmm. yeah
1: mhm mm-hmm. yep yep we also we we don't do acupuncture here, but we have um another modality that's therapeutic laser mhm so it's it's a the newer modality in in the United States, but there's tons of studies on it from Europe it's red light therapy. And it works at the cellular level, so um, I've seen it do some pretty amazing things.
0: That's neat. And how can people find you? Give them your give them your website, and also I will also send a link to, with the podcast episode. But okay. share your your link with them.
1: Yep it's it's dot com, and we're on we're at the New Fry Center on Dove Valley and off the I seventeen. In North North Valley Parkway.
0: Yeah, on the east side of 17, right?
1: Mm-hmm. That's right. Yep.
0: Cool. Very cool. And another major issue for dogs and cats, maybe I'm not sure, is the is the gum disease. Before we head out, say let's tell
1: mm-hmm. what's what's the
0: best thing somebody can do for their dog to help them prevent getting from getting the gum disease in the first place.
1: Brush their teeth.
0: I knew you were gonna say it's that. really that simple. Yeah, I was gonna say, is, mm-hmm. is it really that simple? Brushing mm-hmm. the dog's teeth.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any special toothbrush?
0: Are we using the bronze, the Earl B's, or or no?
1: Yeah, um, we are a soft bristled brush, mm-hmm. and it's just—I mean, if we didn't—if we didn't brush our teeth, they would—we build up tartar and have bad breath and all of that too. So that's the simplest thing: is to use a toothbrush and um, pet toothpaste and brush their teeth and. Decrease the bacterial load that sits at the gum and prevent the tartar. There's a lot of different products out there that can help with that as well. But really the number one thing is brushing their teeth. I can always tell when a client brushes their pet's teeth because they have beautiful teeth.
0: Very good. We appreciate your time. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank great, you. It's great having you. And people can find you on the website. And they, is there a way they can ask questions too? Do you have a, a, a e- email contact page obviously yep, there's yes
1: there's an email mhm yeah there's a um ask a question or or um and it sends an email to us
0: very through cool the website. very cool Again. we're also
1: on facebook oh you are good we're also uh, yes we're also on facebook and we're also on instagram and it's um toby the clinic kitty is our instagram page so we just post silly things about our cat doing silly things in the hospital
0: and toby's the one that lives on premises
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Who, who
0: brushes Toby's teeth?
1: <laughs> we all take turns. <laughs> <laughs> he actually lets us do it. He does. I was gonna say, He's does a let good you, boy. he
0: let you? Okay, good. You should post a video of that. I think that'd be great because people need to realize that taking care of the pet's oh, teeth would, is, is yeah. very important to their their general over yeah. uh, hygiene and well being. Right.
1: Yep, you're right. We should. We'll get on that.
0: All right. That was fun. Everybody
1: can look for it on our website. It'll be under the blog page.
0: I'm looking for it, too. So great. Thank you again for your time. We appreciate that. And you have a nice day.
1: Okay. (laughs) All right. You, too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.